Oh, hello there, my fellow alpaca pals. I know that Katie and I told you that the first season of Alpaca My Bags was done and we'd be on hiatus until the fall. This is because we're spending the rest of summer working hard to assemble some notable guests for season two. So get pumped, because next season we are going to cover topics like animal tourism, accessible travel, extreme travel, and more. But we couldn't bear to leave you high and dry for all of August, so this one's a bonus episode for you. And it's a good one. This is a story about a special place in upstate New York. A quiet, sleepy town on the banks of a beautiful lake surrounded by forest. This place is called Lilydale. What makes Lilydale special is the fact that its small population of around 300 people is made up mostly of spiritualist mediums. Yes, people who communicate with the dead. This town has been the site of spiritualism for over a century. Spiritualists have been gathering there to practice, to heal, to educate, and to contact the dead. My friends Joy, Senna, and myself have a shared appreciation for alternative lifestyles, and this is what sparked our interest in visiting Lilydale. There's literally no other place like it in the world. Although there are mediums all over the planet, and even on TV, Lilydale is the epicenter of the practice, and as we would learn on our trip, Lilydale mediums don't necessarily identify with the more mainstream version of mediumship that is widely shown in the media. So first, some context. Mediums in Lilydale register with the Lilydale Assembly, meaning that they have experience, education, and hours of practice to indicate that they are legitimate. Admittedly, my exposure to stereotype media meant that I went into Lilydale with a definite skepticism, but I was open to learning. A couple days before making the four-hour drive south from Toronto, I read through the Lilydale Assembly's list of registered mediums. Joy, Senna, and I browsed some websites, and eventually we landed on a woman named Gretchen Clark. We had a shared perception that we would like her. Her site's landing page shows a portrait of her looking deep in thought, and next to her bio is a graphic of a colorful butterfly. So I emailed her, telling her that the three of us were nervous to have a reading, but that we would like to hear about what she does. Gretchen graciously responded, inviting us to visit her in her home for an interview. I hope that Marion, or why do I keep calling her Marion? I hope that Gretchen has a pet. Yes. I feel, we all felt like she would have cats. First that maybe this is such a stereotype, but I just imagine that all mediums just, have cats. But also I feel like cats are more closely tied to the spirits. Yes, yeah. they are. Everyone in this town drives around in golf carts. Yeah. So cute. We just see golf carts sitting on, you know, people's porches everywhere. Gretchen Clark! Gretchen Clark. So all the mediums oh also have their own personalized oh, she signs has, she has out front. Wow, she has a beautiful Gretchen property. has a big property. Look at her garden. There's a hanging cat. Oh, a cat. <laughs> she definitely has a cat. cat ornament. She must have a cat. Okay, okay. We were sort of wrong about the cat. During our visit, we learned that Gretchen did indeed used to have a cat, but the cat passed away. So no pets in the home at the moment. Canada. My son will be delighted. Come on in. <laughs> Thank you. Should I take my shoes off? 
no. Okay. <laughs> I haven't been able to train the children and grandkids to take their shoes off. Uh, <laughs> and of course, when we had dogs and cats, they never did yeah. wipe their feet. So. <laughs> Gretchen's home is a classic old American house with tall ceilings, creaky wooden floors, rustic decor, and lots and lots of light. She is so warm and so welcoming. She shows us around her home and lets us explore the sitting rooms before settling on the room that we want to chat in. Seated on comfy couches, we started our conversation by talking about none other than Susan B. Anthony. Yes, the famous suffragette. And very often when um, people are running for Congress and they want a place to sit and get set, they, they go to Chautauqua. It's been a hub there for Lily Dell and Chautauqua were built around the same time. Okay. And wow. Susan B. Anthony was scheduled to mm-hmm. speak at Chautauqua. And then they said, no, we don't want women on our platform. Oh. So she came here and spoke here. That was it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We were just at the Lilydale yeah. Museum, and we're so happy to see like all the suffragette work that happened oh, here. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. My yeah. great-grandmother was a strong part in that. A lot of, a lot of people at that age. But in Lilydale was the first religion, spiritualism, to allow women to become ministers and bishops. Oh, and that's so amazing. And my great-grandmother was a uh, registered, I mean, she was a licensed, or ordained, I guess is the word, minister mm-hmm. for spiritualism. She started the church in Estadillo, Ohio. Wow. wow. We actually read that you are the fifth in a line of mediums? In my father's side, yes, of spiritualists. Okay. And my mother's side, four. Mm-hmm. Four generations. Mom mm-hmm. and dad met here. Wow. <laughs> so did you go Okay. I know you're probably wondering the same thing that I was at this point. What exactly is spiritualism? Spiritualism is a system of belief or religious practice based on communication with the spirits of the dead, especially through mediums. Spiritualists believe that in death, we go to the spirit world, where our spirit will continue to evolve. Spiritualism developed and reached its peak membership from the 1840s to the 1920s, specifically in English-speaking countries. Lilydale began as a spiritualist camp or retreat in the late 1800s and eventually evolved into the town it is today. Many spiritualists share similar beliefs to Christianity, they refer to the Bible, and some people actually claim that spiritualism is a sort of mixture of Buddhism and Christianity. used to be that when you came to Lilydale, you were a spiritualist, mm-hmm. and you were wanted to just go to church, you wanted to be with like-minded people, mm-hmm. you could be a, a medium or a healer, but not necessarily. Okay. Now... Um, most of the houses that have gone up for sale have been bought by people that want to be mediums here. Mm-hmm. So there's, I think when I registered, there were 20 of us. For a long time, there were 35. Mm-hmm. And they weren't going to add more until the gate attendance was higher. But they've changed all that. And now I think we have 54, 55, and 17 more that want to test this summer. Wow. wow. That yeah. was actually one of our questions. Yeah. We're curious about what the process is to become a registered medium. Well, that's under review. At this point in time, mm-hmm. you must apply. You must show that you have belonged to a spiritual church and to the Lilydale Assembly mm-hmm. and have been working as a medium and have been trained, have had lessons and, you know, taken some courses and so on. 
okay. before mm -hmm. you can. And also, you must have worked for two years at the outdoor services, okay. at the Forest Temple or the, the uh, Inspiration Stump. Yeah. giving messages. I don't know how many. I think it's a total of 20 each year or something So like the that. Forest Temple and the Inspiration Stump are both sites of gathering on the outskirts of town. Throughout summer, residents and visitors gather in these spots to hold services. And during these services, the medium leading the service will share with the congregation messages from the spirits. Some of these messages will be vague, and others will be directed to specific people in the congregation. We visited both of these sites, but because it was low season when we were in Lilydale, both were seemingly abandoned. Honestly, as we were headed to them, I thought they might be a bit silly, like, what the heck is an inspiration stump? But contrary to my assumptions, both these places were serene, quiet, and very meditative. I've always seen and talked to spirit. Yeah. And, and because I was raised as a spiritualist, um, when I went to mom and said, you know, there's somebody here, you know, she didn't poo-poo it. Mm -hmm. She said, well, who is it? Is it a man? Is it a woman? What are they wearing? What do they want? What's mm -hmm. their name? Yeah. And she taught me by the questions to ask the person mm -hmm. in spirit. Mm -hmm. wow. Get my information there. Sometimes at the outdoor surfaces now you will hear hear them, I call it the, the fishing expedition. Uh, who here could place a, a John? Okay, and who is he to you? No. Right. right. May I come to you? Your grandfather is standing there. I'm hearing the name of Everett, but I don't know if it's his name or not. And, and this is what he looked like and this is how he died. And this is why he's here. I'm not asking you. Is right. your father in spirit? No. <laughs> right. Okay. Interesting. So, um, it, anyway, it's just every style is different. Everybody has a right. different way of working. The English method is very different than the American way. Oh, really? The English mediums will say, uh, they talk for about three, three or four minutes describing the person that's there, what they what they died from, what they looked like, who they were to you, describe the house where the person mm -hmm. lived. They bring in a lot of identification, mm -hmm. and then they say, who can place this? Okay. But they, they dwell more on the identification of the spirit, proving that the person in spirit is here mm -hmm. in the room. Right. But in the American way, we bring the person, confirm that you know them, mm -hmm. who they are, mm -hmm. and then give the message. Mm -hmm. Okay. But the English don't usually give a message with it. They right. just bring the proof that the person is, is still alive and well in spirit. Mm -hmm. Without, I call it my physical universe game piece, without a physical body. <laughs> you have to have one to play the physical universe game. Game piece, physical yeah. universe game piece. I like that. Is it ever mismatched that someone will come into the room who's not connected to the person that you're reading for? Or is it usually... Generally. But, oh. I mean... Not usually, but sometimes they do. But people in spirit get ignored all the time. Oh. So they want the recognition. That's mm -hmm. why I think there are so many around Lilydale because they know there's communication possible here. <laughs> right. It's like a, a light in the physical, or the spiritual universe mm -hmm. saying, communication available, the phones are up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were also curious about... Like, when I think of it, I always assume, like, it's positivity and, like, positive messages that are coming through. But do you ever experience negative messages from spirits? 
Um, well, it depends. Um, one time I got a message for a gal mm -hmm. whose husband was setting up something for her to be killed. Oh. Really? Yeah. So I had to find a way to coach it that I could warn her without going into specifics. Because she didn't need to know the gruesome details yeah, that I was right. being shown. <laughs> oh, and this wow. was from his mother. The husband's mother was bringing me the warning. The husband's oh, mother wow. was deceased. Wow. So. And the mother Wow. But not usually. I mean, they might say, you know, you really need to go see the doctor mm -hmm. about that pain in your knee right. that you've been ignoring, you know. Or mm -hmm. they'll say, mm, the outside steps by your back door, mm -hmm. I'm seeing you falling down there. So this is a warning to you to correct the problem before you have the fall. Mm -hmm. right. okay. But they don't ever come in and say, Oh, you know, there's going to be a bad car accident and you're going to be killed. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, they don't, they don't do that. Mm -hmm. When they come through with warnings about the future, it's so you can avoid something. Right. Right. Try to give you enough details so right. that you can change, change the outcome before it gets there. Mm -hmm. that's but that's it's really nice to hear this from Gretchen, that the spirits are generally positive, because this was one of the reasons that Joy, Senna, and I were not sure we wanted a reading ourselves. I think that we all shared an inner fear that the messages we would receive would be anxiety-inducing or scary. And this brought up another question, the question of mental load. We wondered, is it exhausting to communicate with the spirits on the daily and to communicate their messages to people who are potentially grieving? Contacting someone? And so, is it difficult on you ever? It can be, but not usually. Mm -hmm. Because I'm talking to the people in spirit that are very happy to be where they are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're right. feeling good. They want to say, hey, don't be sorry for me. I'm here. I'm having a right. good time. So, is it up to the spirit to make that communication? Or do you ever reach out to a specific person? Sometimes I will reach out. If somebody, mm -hmm. I say, you know, at the end, do you have any questions? Mm -hmm. Well, where did my, why isn't my mother here? Okay, so I'll send out a query to mom. Mom. Mm -hmm. And the last time that happened, mother came in and she said, Well, you didn't speak to me for 20 years before I died. I don't want to talk to you now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, you know, and people say, Well, what happens when you die? Well, it depends on what you expect. Okay. You create your, your own space, your own universe. If you expect to go to heaven, you'll go to heaven, or your what your mind considers heaven. Mm -hmm. If you think you're going to go to hell, well, you'll put yourself somewhere like that mm -hmm. until you realize that you don't have to be there. <laughs> You've created yeah. it for yourself. Like the Indians, I'm sure, went to the happy hunting grounds, the Native Americans, right? The Vikings went to Valhalla. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Muslims will go to wherever they go. <laughs> yeah. You know, everybody... If you... Expect that you're going to go to purgatory, that's where you'll go. Mm -hmm. Until you advance to the point where you realize, hey, I don't have to be here. Our only point of reference for what a session with a medium would be like was based off movies. But rather than rely on phony stereotypes, we asked Gretchen to describe for us what her sessions are like. I used to do 10 a day, but that was wow. when I 
when I first registered. Right. And I was a lot younger then. Right. I was 33, you know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And could you describe what a session is like? Or how long it is? Or like what happens during a session? Well, the session, I say 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's 25 and sometimes it's 35. It depends, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I explain how I work because every medium receives things differently and gives it out differently. So what I'll do basically is tune into your people in spirit. Mm -hmm. I get situations that you're involved in. Sometimes you get a message to pass on to a family member or friend because you're, you would be there and they're not, so you have to play messenger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When folks touch in from spirit, they'll identify themselves in a variety of ways. It could be by name. It's often by their relationship to you or the way they died. It can be their appearance, their mannerisms, their mm. personality, shared memories. I never know. Mm. So if you can identify them, good. If not, take it for what it's worth to you. Maybe someone can help you place them later. Mm. And I'll ask you, anytime I'm saying something to you that you want more clarification on, just say, stop. And you've <laughs> got to do it then. Because if you wait till the reading's over, I won't remember what I was saying, and the person that was here might not still be around. Mm -hmm. okay. And then when I finish, I'll give you an opportunity to ask questions. Yeah. Um, and I always ask two yes or no questions. Do you have people in spirit you wish to connect right. with? Right. Mm -hmm. And did you invite them? Mm -hmm. You do that by thinking about them. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I will say, what areas of your life would you like me to direct the reading to? Mm -hmm. And that's usually family, friends, health, job, career, mm -hmm. location, relationships, right. mm -hmm. whatever is important to that person. <clears throat> the one girl I did a reading for today wanted to know about her dog. Mm -hmm. Well, but Spirit didn't do it that way. She just said she wanted to know about her dog. So I saw her taking a trip to Pennsylvania. And her mother, she was 13, so her mother was in the room with me. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's gorgeous. And I said, what's in Pennsylvania? She said, the puppy I want. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, that's interesting that you, so, yeah, I guess you can, so you do readings also for younger, like for children and... For somebody ages. alone, 16 or 15, oh. that's, you know, right. but right. younger right. than that, no, the parent has to be in the room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because if Someone came in and said, oh, you've got all the musical talent in the world. You're wasting yourself going, you know, to do something else. Mm -hmm. I want the mother to be there to hear what I actually said, yeah, right. not what yeah. the person, not what the kid thinks I'm saying. So Gretchen explains how a session works, and we ask her to describe one of her most memorable ones. And this story does not disappoint. Yeah. <laughs> one that I really remember, uh, I did a reading for a gal. And I remember that she was told that uh, she was going to meet a man from Latin America and marry and have children and end up living in New York City. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. This is the worst reading I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and she left. And I give her back her money. You know. <laughs> and a few years later, she came <clears throat> carrying her baby. And introduced me to her husband from Colombia. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Living in New York City. Yes, of course. <laughs> wow. But wow. I don't always know. Yeah. 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 
The skepticism that this woman had about Gretchen's reading is not at all uncommon. Thanks to, well, movies, many of us tend to imagine mediums as gimmicky psychics, fortune tellers, or as we see them on reality TV, or like Haley Joel Osment in The Sixth Sense, who terrifyingly talks to dead people. Gretchen is well aware of these stereotypes, and she finds them funny as well. Yeah, we were wondering, like, what misconceptions have you noticed there are about spiritualism or about Lilydale? Oh, one of my favorite (laughs) ones is this. My my son told me. Right. Um, uh, He had a friend in Casadega. This is when he was growing up. Right. But he wasn't allowed to come over to see Jack because the father believed that if you came to Lilydale that you would go to hell. And the boy's father told him that um, you want to stay out of the woods going from Casadega to Lilydale. You don't want to cut through the woods because the women there are witches and they run around (laughs) naked in the woods and seduce young boys. And Jack, my That's son Jack, hilarious. said, I wish I'd known that one. <laughs> I wish I'd known that one. That doesn't sound so bad. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, and what he said, what do you think, Mom? I said, only an idiot would go into the woods in the summer naked because you would be overrun with mosquitoes. Yeah. In the first I said, That's the most awful. stupid thing I ever heard. <laughs> yeah, it would not be No, I mean, The mosquitoes in this area are bad. There's a lot of standing water. This is a hilariously apt story. But then, in all seriousness, Gretchen goes on to explain that spiritualism is a religion. It's been recognized by the IRS for over 50 years. And no, it's not a cult. Spiritualists believe in God, and they read the Bible. Most mediums are not witches. They aren't holding seances in the woods. Since the 1800s, spiritualism has evolved in practice. It used to be that spiritualists relied on visible markers that would demonstrate a spirit's presence. These markers were typically either spirit trumpets or spirit slates. The trumpets are usually made of tin and of collapsible parts. They look less like an actual trumpet and more like a cone or a witch's hat without the brim. A spirit slate is a small chalkboard on which the spirits can leave a message. These tools aren't typically used anymore by mediums, but sure enough, Gretchen has some in her home for us to see. Actually, and I'm curious because we saw in the museum those cones, the trumpets, trumpets, trumpets. and like the tablets. Have you ever used tools like that? Come into my reading room. Okay. I don't. Oh, sure. Oh, no. Here we go. My second husband was Bill Lazaroni. His grandmother was a trumpet medium here in Lilydale. Oh. She gave me this, which is the case she used. Ooh. I am not a trumpet medium, but that's what that is. Wow. And 
for physical phenomena, you generally sit with the same group for quite a while hmm. to, to build up energy that's compatible. Mm-hmm. Usually one person in the group is kind of like a battery that other people draw on <laughs> to get the energy. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's usually in a darkened room. It doesn't okay. have to be black, but some people do it that way. And the trumpet will be up and moving mm-hmm. around. Whoa. And you will hear a voice coming through it. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Oh, cool. So that's what a trumpet is. That's right. the thing that floats around. Right. <laughs> Are there still trumpet mediums here? No. Oh. There's a couple people that pretend to be. <laughs> Do you know who Melissa Gilbert is? No. Well, an actress. Mm. She was in Little House on the Prairie. She was here one year, and she went to uh, not a registered medium, a, a guy that did trumpet, right? Mm-hmm. Except I'd been to... On, or two of his trumpet seances, and they weren't real. Um, <laughs> they disbarred one oh. registered medium here years ago because uh, all of a sudden there was lipstick on the end of the trumpet. Oh, <laughs> her lipstick. Because oh. you can, you know, with a smaller one, you could, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you're in a black, in a dark room. Yeah. So you anyway, will, yeah. but with yeah. lipstick there, and nah. Lipstick. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. doesn't usually wear lipstick. But anyway. Um, <laughs> It was a pitch black room, right? right? And she didn't believe it was real, and she f- opened her phone uh-huh. <laughs> and saw that he was, you know. <laughs> His on the and so she was furious, and she left Lily Dell saying the whole thing was a fake. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? You shouldn't have been there in the first place, <laughs> and because uh, he isn't a registered medium, yeah. and she knew that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and why condemn the whole place? Because of a person who isn't a registered medium mm-hmm. anyway. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Next, Gretchen shows us some of her family heirloom spirit slates that still have messages etched into them. We try to decipher these messages, but they are so old and so faded, we don't get very far. The stuff is fading, but I don't know how to... Mm-hmm. To save it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gas? What does it say? Can you read it? Do you... I think it's G-I-A-S. Dear Jenny, hmm. I'm, I'm good and find something, something, Neil. Maybe she found Uncle Neil or something. You can. Do, 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 do. You never see handwriting anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not like this. The project referred to a minute go through, I, I, by something go through. It's mm-hmm. going to go through. Mm-hmm. When, so, and the, this other part is so faded. Yeah, it's I, so faded. But, huh? but I keep it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And how did I have that stacked? That way. And then this way. To protect them. Yeah. And I'll put it away later. I'll remember to put it away. Sure, I will. Thank you for showing us. Yeah, you're welcome. So that's what a slate is, and that's what a trumpet is. And we don't have any mediums at this point that that do Mm -hmm. that. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think 
part of it is because <laughs> nobody would believe it anymore. Hmm. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Well, how did you do that? How did you how did you do that? How I didn't I want to know how you managed to do that. How did you make that writing appear on that? Mm-hmm. Thing? Mm-hmm. This table belonged to a medium called John Slater. And he would put the slate underneath right. and he would sit there and do readings at the table. Mm-hmm. And they would put their hands on the table and afterwards he'd take it out and there would be messages on the slate. Wow. Okay, so a little something you might not know about me. Obviously, I love podcasts. That's why I'm hosting one. But the type of podcast that I first fell in love with, can you guess? Yeah, true crime. Shocker, right? Another woman who loves to listen to podcasts about murder. So of course I have to ask Gretchen if she'd ever been contacted by the police to help in an investigation. To come into private investigations mm-hmm. um, for crime? Sure. Have you ever done that? Yes. You have? Mm-hmm. I lived in uh, Glendale, north of L.A. for mm-hmm. a long okay. time. My husband, John, took us out there. Anyway, um, they had a place called Every Woman's Village that once a a month, no, that's not right, once every two weeks, there was a place where we would all, mediums would all gather, or tarot readers or whatever, Mm -hmm. and do readings for people that came. Mm -hmm. And I did readings for a gal one day, and she went home and told her husband about it, and he said, oh, that's not possible. Mm -hmm. You know, what she took look at your driver's license or something, and she said no. You know, well, he he called me and spoke with me on the phone. He was a captain in the police department, Mm -hmm. and uh, I went and talked to his officers, and I did help them. But I said, there's one thing. I do not want any publicity whatsoever about any of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to finger somebody for something and have their family come and get me. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. I, it, I mean, it's just not safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, I I worked with the police a bit and mm-hmm. and other people too. One gal down in Pennsylvania called and asked me if I would come down because her sister would had disappeared mm-hmm. and she wanted to know what happened. So I went down and checked it out and I said I don't know where she is but I'm sorry I do know that she's deceased because she's mm-hmm. here telling me mm-hmm. yeah. and I, I knew who she said did it but I didn't want to say that because mm-hmm. you know, it was a family member yeah. but uh, mm-hmm. and I said I know she was taken back back in the woods there mm-hmm. and three years later a uh, hunter found her body oh. or what was left of it The wind is picking up. Yeah, yeah, we were pleasantly surprised because the forecast said it was. Of course, we asked Gretchen about the documentary No One Dies in Lilydale. From HBO, this doc came out in 2011 and claims to be a candid portrait of Lilydale. Oh, what a stupid title. Yeah, HBO. I was wondering what you thought about that. Oh, I thought it was ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) And. And it was all set up. They they we called her purple shoes. I don't know who purple those women were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or Michelle Strangelove. Mm-hmm. I think her her she actually she called it's McKenling or something. It's an Irish name, mm-hmm. but uh, she called herself Michelle White Dove. So we called her 
strange love. <laughs> because she was weird. And she she had the jelly shoes, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. And heels. I mean, yeah. and trying to walk around Lilydale in those. <laughs> I mean, that's, anyway. <laughs> we laughed about it a lot. And I, I said, you know, that's really a dumb title. Why not? There are no dead in Lilydale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, no, no one dies in Lilydale. Uh, well, it turned out that the guy that was the producer mm-hmm. had had won a, 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 what are they, Oscars or whatever they give for documentaries. Mm-hmm. He yeah. won one a few years before, right. and he wanted to do another one, so he wrote the script. Right. He wrote the script. Oh, and invited right. her coming up from Florida because she'd won a, uh, the best medium or something for some talent show down there. Mm-hmm. I don't wow. know. Big deal, you know. What was the competition? <laughs> anyway, um, I read for some of the, the people, mm-hmm. right? And one policeman who, something about his son's backpack or something. Um, we did the reading in here. They didn't show that. Mm-hmm. Because, um, what backpack? He didn't bring a backpack. Mm-hmm. I said something to the policeman about the backpack. I didn't know he'd carried it with him. Mm-hmm. And he took it to a couple of the filmed things with the mediums that they wanted to show. Mm-hmm. Right. So he had the backpack there and he was pulling stuff out to show them and stuff. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. right. But, right. I mean. <laughs> and Greg Keane, I think a couple gals got a reading from him. He, at that time, he lived just up the street from the family cottage. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there visiting with family. And this cart is going up and down the street, and then we see the cameras, and the girls that he had, Greg had done a reading for a couple years, a couple weeks before, or a couple days before, they came out like they just had a reading from him, and they're panning him all the way down the street. Oh, right. It's like, no, this happened, no! Yeah, you know. (laughs) So I know a lot of the stuff was... Was made up fake, right? You know, but... Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, I mean, well, he had a he had an agenda, right? Yeah. And he talked about mediums. Mm-hmm. He didn't talk about classes. He didn't talk about the healing temple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He didn't talk about churches or anything else. Just, mm-hmm. just yeah. mediums. Yeah. So it wasn't really a documentary, right? Yeah. It was, but I mean, the name just made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's yeah. okay. I mean, it was publicity for Lilydale. Yeah. yeah. I noticed that in the museum, too. A lot of very sensational news articles yeah. about yeah. Lilydale outside. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, documentaries, um, mediums, we talked to dead people. Um, mm. I can't remember. A&E did that one. Mm-hmm. I was in that one. I've been in, I think, 14 different ones over the wow. years. Wow. <laughs> I saw on your site you've done a lot of, like, media. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I mean, um, and some of, I mean, I've got, the gal that does my website wants me to do some eight-second or ten-second little clips from each of the shows I've done. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, I, how? You know, I don't do that. So yes, it's true. The police do indeed involve mediums in their investigations. This fact doesn't tend to be publicized given that, well, there are a lot of skeptics out there. At this point, we've been chatting with Gretchen for well over an hour. Gretchen gave us such an inviting welcome when we arrived in her home, 
And as we talk, Joy, Senna, and I feel a growing sense of comfort in her presence. Gretchen emanates warmth, and as you talk to her, you can't help but feel at ease. She's open, and she's candid, she's frank and humorous, and most of all, she is insightful. Yeah. And I love all the glass. Mm -hmm. I guess I can put this back. (laughs) So where do you want me? Just there is fine, actually. Okay. Got the. Yeah. Takes me a second to do all. Lens cap off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one, two, three. You just check that's good. I didn't close my eyes. No. That's I'm unusual. Doing like this. <laughs> <laughs> one, two, three. Perfect. Okay. Here, so we got these chocolates at King Buffalo. At a little shop called Parkside Candy. Mm. It's a really old um, yeah, yes, shop. I know. Been I've been to it. Yeah. You should try the, the chocolates that uh, Brett and Sarah make. The two of them make chocolates. Oh. Chocolate. Oh, I'll show you. Chocolate. Wow. Well, and they import the beans. If you, and it's great chocolate. <laughs> We'll be back. We then will. we can have the chocolate. We will. Well, yeah, I could. This I can get more all the time. I'll give you some. <laughs> you said you wanted to use the restroom, so. I'll let you break off a piece. All right. No additives. Shall I split this? Thank you. Would you like one? No, you can give it to your friend, that's all right. Thank you for this. We wrap up our conversation. I pull out my camera and take a quick portrait of Gretchen in her sitting room. Then she leads us into her kitchen and shares with us the dark chocolate and honey that she picked up at a local shop. As we pack up to get on our way, the Torontonian professional in me, out of pure habit, reaches out for a handshake. I'll never forget Gretchen's face. She looks at me, puzzled, and says, mm, well, I'm a hugger. We all laugh and we all have our individual hugs. Leaving Lilydale, I realized how easy it is to generalize or draw conclusions about people's communities or beliefs without taking the time to really understand them. The skepticism that I'd felt about the practice of communicating with the dead was entirely based on my own conclusions that I drew from the media. In fact, mostly the show Long Island Medium. But in meeting with Gretchen, I learned that in reality, whether or not you believe that a medium has delivered a message from someone who has passed is kind of insignificant. We can all individually decide whether we want to believe a message or whether we want to disregard it. But what is really important is the ritual. Spiritualism and mediums offer an opportunity to deal with loss in a therapeutic way. In a session, we can be assured that our lost one is safe and happy and still with us in a sense. We can still communicate with them. They're not gone, they're just in the spirit world. 
spiritualism and mediums remind us that it's okay to keep living, even when someone we love has been lost. I want to give a heartfelt thanks to my dear friends, Senna and Joy. This story is based off of our collective observations and the many, many discussions that we had during and following our trip to Lilydale. Katie and I really hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. We had a lot of fun making it, and we cannot wait to be back in full swing come season two. Thank you again for listening to Alpaca My Bags. You are all our alpaca pals. We are going to be on hiatus, enjoying our summers until October. But be sure to keep in touch while we're gone by following us on Instagram or joining our Facebook group. You can find the links in the show notes. If you've enjoyed season one of our show, please, please, please tell your friends and leave us a review. We love hearing your feedback. Catch you on the flip side.